Hi, book lovers and writing enthusiasts. I'm J.K. Noble, author of the new young adult fantasy novel, Hill, The Rise of the Griffins, and I'm going to share my secret on how to begin an amazing book. So many people have a great idea for a book, but don't know where to begin. If you love writing, but are lost when starting to put together all the pieces for your novel, don't fret. You are not alone. I've actually been in the same place as you hundreds of times. And here are some steps that I've used that could help you organize your ideas and construct your book outlines. The first step is called beginning, middle, and end. This sounds fairly straightforward, but in the beginning stages of writing your book, it's quite difficult to figure out these three key events since we aren't sure where the story is going. Now, this is really important, and you need to know how you, where your story is headed, how it's going to end, and the overall point so you can move forward and finish your project successfully. All you need to do is figure out three key events, and this will skyrocket you toward getting your book started and finished in no time. Now, I recommend all writers and aspiring writers to get a notebook where you can write down all your ideas anytime you have one. I myself have about 50. Most of them are finished and I keep them as a guide, sometimes as inspiration for when I'm actually writing. In your personal notebook, I want you to write a paragraph all about the beginning of your story. Let's start by answering simple questions. Every story has a hero and villain. What's their names? What do they look like? Where do we, the readers, meet them in the story? Keep this very brief for now. Perhaps in your story you want to just focus on the hero in the beginning because we don't meet the villain until later, and that's okay. Just jot down the event that sparks the conflict of the story. Now that you have that down, let's move forward to the second paragraph. And this second paragraph is all about climax. When I hear the word climax, I always think back to the movie Dumbo. It's one of my favorite movies. And in the movie, Dumbo's friend, the little mouse, shouts the word climax as he thinks of a way to help Dumbo become a crowd-pleasing success. We too are going to apply this little mouse's teachings and create an epic peak in your story. Have a lot of fun with this. Now write down the main problem your character faces, and if you don't know it yet, take the time to brainstorm several ideas and decide which one you're going to choose later. This is the middle of your story, so it has to be exciting, suspenseful, and dramatic. This event needs to happen, so the main character realizes how to resolve their problem. For example, the villain might attack the main character here, or hurt someone they love. There could be a great fight or the world as we know it might suffer from an attack from the villain. Now that you have your climax down or your ideas for the climax, we're going to move on to the third paragraph, which is all about the ending. Here you have to figure out where your main character is once he or she has resolved their problems. What did they learn throughout their journey? How have they grown? These are key questions you must ask yourself since this would be their character development and character development is absolutely crucial for any story whatsoever. 
No matter the changes any person goes through in life, these experiences, whether good or bad, teach us lessons. They create a stronger character who is more equipped at handling tough situations. That's it for step one. Now we're going to move on for step two, which is developing personalities. We've got the rough sketch laid out. Now let's get into the details. Who are your characters in your novel? And I'm talking about absolutely all of them. Begin with their names, then move on to their purpose. What purpose do they play by being in the story? Every character in your book should contribute to the overall story. Try not to create characters that are there for no reason, have no arc, are not helpful in any way, or leave dead ends. Your readers might feel bored or annoyed with such a character. Think about it like this. Every person that you meet in your personal life has affected you in, in a type of way. Maybe it was a good or bad person, but whether good or bad, they have affected you. They have taught you lessons. Now think about how your characters affect the story. How do they change the main character or the villain? What do they teach the main character? What is important to these characters? What do they stand for or not stand for? Do they have any goals or agendas? Most importantly, how do your main character how do your characters, excuse me, react to one another? This is time for you as a writer to begin thinking about developing relationships between the characters you've created. And relationships are equally as important as character development as relationships eventually lead to character development. Now I'm talking about all kinds of relationships, from familial relationships, platonic and romantic relationships. Descriptive writing brings readers into the book all the time. I still remember about how this character, Luce, how she looked like, and it was in the book Fallen. And I remember her dark hair and her light skin. So we're going to want to do the same thing. Now, write down all the physical attributes of your characters in your notebook. And you could use this as you work on your manuscript. You can work these little tidbits here and there and add their physical appearance into your story to create more depth and realism for your readers. It's especially fun to do this with characters that are meant to be handsome or beautiful as you want your readers to appeal to them as well. And I definitely felt that appeal when I read about Cam or Daniel from Fallen. Now that you have the basics down, develop their personality traits. What are the characteristics of each character? Are they courageous, funny, sneaky? Be sure to add some quirks they might have. And a lot of people leave quirks out because they seem a little unimportant. Well, I'm going to tell you how quirks are important. And I'm going to give you this really, really great example. First of all, quirks are relatable. We all have them. Well, some people play with their hair. Some people <laughs> bite their nails. Some people bite their lip. We all have them. They could be a learned behavior because we got them from a friend. Whatever it is, we all have quirks. Now, it's plausible that your characters have quirks too. And a great example of a quirk with purpose is from this awesome show on Netflix that you could watch right now. It's called Peaky Blinders. 
it's an amazing, thrilling show. And we in the show, we follow this main character named Tommy. And he goes through a lot of troubles in life. We see that whenever he is stressed or has a need to think clearly and calm his mind, he takes a cigarette to his lips. And I'm sure you're thinking, oh, it's just a cigarette. Okay, he smoked. It's not just that he smokes. It's actually the way he smokes. He has a way to smoke. Tommy likes to rub the cigarette on his lower lip first a few times before inhaling it. You will see him do this a few times in every episode, I believe. (laughs) And this adds to his charisma. For many female characters, his quirk is alluring. In the show, it ad- it also adds mystery as well because when we watch Tommy do this, we know that he's smoking because he's hatching a plan or he's overwhelmed or lost in his thoughts. Now, there's infinite quirks you could choose from, and it's cool that this example of Tommy adds a great purpose to his character. It's not there for no reason. It symbolizes Tommy's need for contemplating solutions and his need to calm down from his many struggles in life. And a lot of the time, we as people, we have quirks that often do the same thing. So it's important to be thinking about this as it will add, again, realism to your characters and realism to your story and might often be relatable for your readers The third step that you should be thinking about when beginning your book is setting. As we all know, setting is where everything will be taking place. Your brainstorming here will eventually lead you to world building, but we're just talking about the basics here. Now, since we're just getting started, online surfing can offer you great inspiration if you're stuck. The setting truly does depend on genre. For example, for sci-fi, if you're writing a sci-fi book or are interested in writing a sci-fi book, you might be thinking about having a setting in space or another planet. For fantasy, you might want a parallel universe in which mythical creatures and magic does exist. Fiction can be loosely based on the real world or very much so based on the real world, depending on the time period you choose. In which case, you're going to need to do a lot of research on the time period to add realism for your readers. Now, nonfiction, we have the same thing. Since nonfiction is based on true events, research here is absolutely critical. So figure out where your story takes place, when your story takes place. What does this place look like? Is it urban or agricultural? What does it smell like? I know that sounds funny, but Often places are associated with smells and that those smells could be based on foods of that culture or region, the spices that they have, the their fragrances that they enjoy, flowers that grow in that area and so forth. And get creative and descriptive as possible. Imagine yourself there. Use all your senses. What is the climate here? What kind of weather is this place expected to have during the time of year your story takes place? Does your story take place in winter, summer, spring, or fall, or all of the above as we travel through this journey with your character together? How about what types of animals live here? What kind of plant life does this place have? 
you could even practice describing your setting in a few paragraphs just so you could have that as a reference and use those paragraphs in your novel when you see fit. Now we're going to move on to step four, the final step, which is chapter outlines. Now that you have the ins and outs of your novel completed, this is where we're going to piece together all the information. Congratulations, you have everything you need to construct your book. Chapter outlines are really helpful for writer's block because once you have it figured out, and written out, you know what to focus on with every single chapter. It's the perfect way to stay organized, work consistently, and finish your project. It also helps you see the bigger picture before you put everything down on paper. Once you finish this chapter outline of yours, you can always look back at it and, and see if there are any parts that don't really make sense or contribute to the overall point and theme of your story. And I say this here because it's easier to mend the issues of your story within the chapter outline rather than changing big portions of your hard work and writing in your manuscript later. So let's get into those chapter outlines. And trust me, it's not as hard as you might think. Your chapter outlines are going to include the beginning, middle, and end outline we created at the beginning of this podcast, except obviously with much more detail. Here we're going to begin by adding the characters that are introduced to the main character and how they will benefit the movement of the story. Now take this chapter by chapter. With every chapter, we're going to think about what events are leading to the climax. You're also going to think about when the protagonist begins their quarrel with the antagonist. When do they meet? When do they start having difficulties with one another? When does the hero rise up against the villain? When do they realize that they're enemies? When does the protagonist find out how to resolve the problems they have? How specifically does the main character resolve the problem and when? Remember, this is like fitting a puzzle piece together. Or you can even think of it like a more detailed version of a timeline except every event on that timeline is actually a different chapter. So if that works best for you, construct this list rather as a chapter outline. Construct it instead as a timeline, then rewrite it so each event is its own chapter once you're done. Now, what event causes the hero and villain to change? Change is very important for your characters to change especially the main character. It's really acceptable for the villain to ne learn nothing throughout the story, but the main character, who is a mature and good person, is equipped enough to deal with change and can mold according to the circumstances they are given. Now, why do I say that the villain does not need to learn any important lessons? It's not necessary. We see actually in a lot of movies, books, TV shows today, they're focusing a lot on the origin story of villains. And then they're focusing a lot on why have they become the villain in their story. A lot of stories are showing us that we can also root for the villain. But in the beginning stages, for example, we have Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And in Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, Snow White is rescued. Her stepmother slash witch slash queen falls down a cliff. 
we as people who are watching are rooting for our heroes and we do not see the villain learning absolutely anything the same thing goes for cinderella the same thing goes for any well-known cliche story we are simply rooting for the hero and therefore it's what the hero learns and in cinderella hero cinderella learns that kindness always prevails and perhaps perhaps her stepmother learns that cinderella's way was always correct and that she in fact has done the wrong thing but it's not really important what she has learned as we are rooting for the hero so when you get every single event in order take this time to think about the details you already have and where in the book you're going to use them for example we talked about setting and personality there might be a lot of settings in your story because your character might go on their journey and within that journey they will travel to new places now whoever they meet will have their own personality their own way of speaking and therefore that would be the place in which you would incorporate some of the details you made about your side characters i know this seems like a lot of information and leaves you with a lot to think about but the best novels are written by people who take the time to sort out all their ideas mold them in a way where everything fits together like a perfect puzzle piece i don't want any writer to feel overwhelmed on the contrary keeping your writer's journal should be something that's going to take that burden of stress off your shoulders. It's where you keep your blueprints to your ultimate project and it helps you stay organized. I shared with you these steps that have helped me finish my own book. I didn't know these things until I had a lot of trial and error experiments that, that sometimes have worked for me and sometimes have not. I'm a very scattered-minded person and I really benefited from organizing my thoughts in these ways. I have actually so many notebooks which pertain to my Hale series and so many ideas that I've kept but, not have, but have not used because as I wrote my manuscript, those ideas, some of them, no longer worked with the overall story. Yet I'll always look back at my notes in case I need them. And some of them will actually be very juvenile and nonsensical and I will have a great laugh. But that's okay. That's actually amazing because even if you you can't use them, and you'll see that later on, you have something you can work with. You have your foundation. You can't finish if you never get started. Consistency is key. Even if you're just jotting down notes in the beginning, creating outlines or imagining quirky dialogue between your characters as I have done so many times, you're on your way. I actually have pages of notes of how I imagine my main character Hale and his best friend River and how they would joke around and how they would goof around with each other. Your notes will be your best friend when writing your book. If you have your notes and outlines, your book is already written. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. All you have to do is take everything you've brainstormed and use your talent to put it on paper as beautifully as possible. Remember, everything is possible. And don't ever feel discouraged or that your idea isn't good enough. If your story promotes goodness, love, kindness, or any form of light, if it's also well-constructed as a result of your brainstorming, it will benefit the lives 
of others and intrigue their minds. You have this talent in you. You are born with it and you are working now to perfect it. And you, like many, have a need to tell your story. And you also have the capability to do so. Bring your fantasy world to life. I truly hope this was of use to you. I'm J.K. Noble, author of Hail the Rise of the Griffins, a young adult fantasy filled with tons of action, adventure, unique magic, and romance. My book is available on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, Google Books, Goodreads, Books A Million, IndieBounds, and Indigo. Order now to get a free ebook, signed artwork by myself truly, along with a 15-minute virtual meet and greet with me. If you order, be sure to email support at jknoble.com to get all of these great perks. For free previews, artwork, trading cards, and an interactive map created by myself truly pertaining to Hale series, be sure to check out hale-fantasynovel.com.